Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us. Invite you to subscribe to the Sikkim Podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, uh, and catch us every week for a new Sikkim Podcast presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. John Morris alongside Brooke Bednarz, and pleased to have with us Baylor's uh, new head football coach, Dave Aranda, is with us this week for the Sikkim Podcast. And Coach, uh, all of our guests have been terrific. They've been great, but I'm not sure if any have been more anticipated than having you with us. There's a lot of people that want to hear from you, kind of get, uh, you know, the lay of the land, where things are right now with Baylor football. But So we appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. No, excited to be here. Always look forward to these times. You know, it's it's exciting that football is right around the corner. You know, just this morning with the coaches, we had a walkthrough of what that first practice is going to be like and you know, this is how stretch is going to go, and we go from stretch to special teams walkthrough, and this is where you need to stand, and this cone's over here for this reason. We'll have another one of those on Friday, but just the the practice of the practice, it's nice to be doing those things. I like it. That means we're getting close, right? That's right. And uh, is uh, tell us, is, is Saturday your first scheduled practice with the team? Yeah, so Saturday will be. You know, we're finishing up our OTAs. Um, which we've been in in that mode for two weeks. And so we were kind of talking today, you know, um, this morning, one of our coaches go, one of the kids report, and we're just kind of like, they already have reported. (laughs) Kind of just rolling from this phase to the next phase, which, um, you know, I was talking with Coach uh, Matt Wells the other day, and he goes, Dave, I really like this model. You know, they're not going to let us do this anymore. But And and I I understand why he says that, just because of the the momentum that you get in terms of an install of – one one time through the OTAs, then with fall camp, and you can really build on some um, uh, build on your learners uh, learning not only their fit in the scheme, but you know you get to learn your learners as well because you go through it twice where you can really see, hey, we need walkthroughs here, or hey, we need more video here, or hey, this is much more of a uh, visual. Um, he needs to see it on paper. We need to draw the fit for him. So that that's all taking place in in this process, but you know um, the the opportunity to kind of move forward and take that next step as a team, we're we're all about it. Next step, absolutely. That's exactly what everyone's been hoping for with football, Baylor, or just in general college football. Just taking that next step forward. You called you called it, you know, transitioning into the phase of fall camp, but. It is a step forward. How do you feel knowing that, you know, the momentum is going forward and we're at the next step closer to season? Yeah, I think one of the the things in particular, and I was having this conversation last night, I think, with um, 
with Mac Rhodes and Jeremiah Dickey is that with the time that we've been given, there is the the opportunity, I think, scheme-wise to get a lot done. Uh, the uh, the whys, we're doing things. Um, you know, I think as far as skill goes, you can get into some of the hows where we are behind. And, and it's and I think everyone's in this boat to to a degree. Just NCAA rules is we are behind in the hows of the line of scrimmage just because of the limitations on blocking. Mm -hmm. And so really when you think of football, you think of blocking, you think of getting off blocks, you think of tackling kind of the core that is where we have in, had the least amount of work. And so you think of from the OTA perspective of like, hey, these are standards. These are expectations of how we, we run on the field, of how it is in meetings, of how it is in individual drills. Um, and when we transition from you know, unit teach to a team period, right, um, this is where you go, this is where you stand. And then, you know, the obviously the teachings of the uh, scheme – that I feel we've we've made some progress and there's some good momentum. We really need to dig into the uh, the hows of blow delivery, of hand placement, of moving a man six inches when he ain't want to be moved. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and um, there's a mindset that comes with that. And you know, I think there's a progression to that. But um, I think we all, as coaches, we all recognize kind of where that's at, and we're all um, anticipating. Kind of taking a taking a getting a bat, taking a swing at it because we we need to chop it down some. This is not in the handbook of uh, you know becoming a head coach, you know, <laughs> and taking over at Baylor to all of a sudden have this on top of it. But it sounds like you guys really have done the best that you can do and made the most of the time that you have had in getting ready to get to this point. Yeah, I'm I'm appreciative of just the organization that all the guys have really put time into and have own have taken really great ownership of you know i look at austin thomas who i know you guys have spoken with I'm really happy that he's here with us austin's uh very smart very detailed um i can't imagine doing what i'm doing without having austin helping me and then you've got quentin jordan a couple other guys that are just very um detail oriented on top of it i really feel this throughout this time our organization and communication, I think, gives us an edge um, in terms of getting people on the same page and and everyone. Um, you know, there's one thing. It's one thing to say we're doing stuff. It's another to say I'm doing stuff because of this, because uh, this helps me in this area, because it's important because of this overall bigger picture. You know, um, and so I feel those parts of the football peace has been um, organized and structured in such a way that I think our players feel that uh, we're making progress. You know, the other piece I think that comes with that, with all of this time off, is the opportunity for us to talk about just football culture and what it means to be at Baylor and what it means to be on this football team and the standards and expectations of that and kind of how we think, you know, there's a, a pyramid that we have and there's certain things in each corner. In one corner, there's trust and transparency. In another corner, there's shared commitment. And in the middle, there's things like, um, you know, always learning and growing, ownership mindset. Uh, in the middle, there's lead with the heart. Um, and so the opportunity to talk about those things, we use video clips and um, uh, movie clips or sports clips to kind of accentuate those, those, those topics. But I think the players can really get a feel 
for who I am and how, how, how I think and the coaches too, and just the, 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 the discussion of, Hey, we're really dealing with the person more so than the player in typical times it would be reversed. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that is the advantage of it. The weakness is like I say, we have to hit somebody and we ain't hit anybody yet. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're getting into that phase. Players follow the lead of their coaches, the vibe their coaches give off. And this isn't just, you know, kind of going through COVID. This is also players adapting to a new coaching staff, which they've had time to. And we've spoken several times about how you guys made the most of those Zoom calls, really getting to know all the players and different position groups and everything. Um, but you mentioned coaches practicing for the practice. That's something that I would assume if you guys had been together for years and years and years, wouldn't be something that you're having to do on top of everything else. So how do you feel that the coaching staff has come together and with your practice, like how did your coaches practice go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, good. I think, you know, it's a good question. It, you know, when, when you are coming from different, different spots, I think, you know, it's, um, you take for granted, I think when you're at, particular institution for a lot of years and you got people around you that kind of can anticipate, um, Hey, today's Tuesday. This is kind of how Tuesdays go or, Hey, you know, this just happened. I'd kind of leave them alone for a little bit. Or, you know, when those things are kind of, um, kind of built in, there's an advantage. I think an advantage just in terms of the, um, the teamwork aspect of it, when you don't have those things, you know, I think it's really important to, like we talked about in that cornerstone, to be very truthful and very transparent about, hey, this is kind of what the expectations are. You know, I have some biases with this because of certain schools and we did it this way and I like it like that. It doesn't mean it, it always has to be that way. I put that out there as, if anyone has suggestions or there may be, hey, I like doing it this way. You know, I like to keep it this way. Maybe if this if this doesn't go well, we can talk about it at a later date. But I think keeping those things to where, where everyone understands why we're doing it, this is important to coach, this is important to us, um, those are, I mean, you're talking about everything. So you're talking like, like this is our first time doing this in this office, so like where you sit, how this fits, sure. mm -hmm. right, where's this going to go, like the whole thing. You do it a bunch, it just kind of just comes, obviously becomes more natural. And so I think um, the more we can have these walkthroughs, we'll have one more on Friday. I think the cleaner it'll go. You, you like for when people come and watch you Saturday, is that you're you're running, you know where you're going. There's great juice and enthusiasm, and um, you know I think the the coaches lead the way, and so we're 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 set to to do that. We got some uh, clarity from the Big Twelve this week. Uh, what the schedule will look like a nine nine plus one uh, non one non conference game. Uh, do you, do you like that? I mean, do you did you get the feel that that's where we were headed? Conference plus one. I did. You know, I think the the opportunity to to try to play there in middle to late September uh, to start conference at that at that point. Um, you know, you have a healthy fall camp. And so I think fall camp's going to be much different than in the past. You're already talking about the OTAs that we've just been doing. And so then you talk about when that, that plus one's going to be, depending on when you start, you'd like to have, like say if we end up starting uh, conference play on the 26th, you'd like to have that non-conference game to be on the 12th mm -hmm. and have a, a, a week in between. You know, if we were starting um, earlier, then, you know, the non-conference game would be pushed back a week a week earlier as well. So, 
I feel like the the opportunity for fall camp to um, learn our learners, really learn our coaches, right? And being, you know, it's one thing I think to be to talk about things, and um, you know, maybe someone's got their feet up. If if we, if we were still quarantined, someone would have their sweatpants on, maybe not have any <laughs> shoes on, you know. Right. And so, but so it's one thing to talk about things and, and agree or disagree in that mode. It's it's another when say there's um there's a passionate nine on seven or team and defense one or offense one and all those things are going in terms of how you handle everything and so i'm really interested to see that i'm i'm, I'm um i know we've got great great uh great character with our coaches and and we're going to really be a model for our players but the opportunity to learn how everyone's going to be in those instances all of that's new you know for us and so um, there's going to be a time for that, um, for the contact, um, uh, blow delivery, getting up blocks, the tackling. But then I think with everything being pushed back, there's going to be a time for, hey, our first conference opponents or we should know by this time mm-hmm. by, or by by um, this time in fall camp. And so, hey, we're going to work two days on these guys. We're going to work three days on these guys. And I think that has to be built in because it's – you've got some extra weeks in there that you normally don't have. And so to, um, you know, you're, there's a lot of new in this whole scenario, things that have never been done that are being done now. With all that new, is it a benefit being a new head coach that it's kind of pushed back a little bit so you have a little bit more time because you guys definitely didn't get the spring that you were hoping for? There, There is some. I think it's got to be managed the right way. So, you know, you're working with guys that um, – and I give credit to to uh, Corey Campbell and our strength condition staff. They, they've really done a good job of in the past six, seven weeks of getting guys in as good condition as possible. Uh, there's been some good strength gains. The the weights have kind of uh, the guys that have needed to to lose weight have done so. The guys that have needed to gain weight have increment, incrementally been able to. And so I think there's positive things there. But when you look at it from a broader view, we're and, – and this is not just us. This is everybody. Mm-hmm. But they're behind from where they normally been just because of the – you know, we talked about the sweatpants and the – you know, and all that. And so I think, you know, the quarantine part of it. And so I think, you know, when you are kind of progressively pushing, you have to, to base it upon, hey, what is the player load from our GPS numbers of yesterday's practice or the past week's practice or – you know, the, the past three days and, you know, say Gavin Holmes has really extended himself a lot. We have to hold him or say Charlie Brewer is really working as, as max, you know, miles per hour. We have to hold him. And so I think there's a fair amount of that because guys are kind of, while they're, they're learning and they're, they're, they're getting instruction in the system. They're also getting into shape at the same time. And so the balance of that, you know, I, I give, um, you know, I lean a lot with uh, Ron Roberts and Larry Fedora. You know, Joey McGuire is a great, um, a great person to lean on with all of it. We have discussions on, on, on how to read these numbers, and the best path moving forward. You know, we'll always, um, we'll always have my suggestions, but I like to hear from them, and we kind of fully take ownership of how how this is in terms of our team, and their their work habits and their workload, but. It is a bit of a balancing act because uh, you're trying to get both, but you, you're not. You're working your way into shape as we go. 
Summertime means vacation time. And while this summer may be different, at Allen Samuels, you can always count on our huge summer clearance event. It's on. We're moving out all remaining new 2020s. Every Dodge and Chrysler car and SUV. Every Ram truck and we haven't left out Jeep. They've got to go too. Deep discounts, special factory offers, and financing. It's time to say goodbye. Adios, 2020s. Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Drive forward. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Continuing with Coach Dave Aranda, Baylor's head football coach, our Sikkim Podcast for this week. And uh, so the Ole Miss game went away. That would have been the season opener, September 6th. SEC decided to play conference only, so that one went away. Uh, then the next game was Kansas, a conference game. Do you, As we record this on, on August 5th, uh, you, that game is going to move later, you think? There's going to be some shuffling. We'll get a non-conference game in there and then hit the start of conference is that what you're thinking i don't know you know it's it's that that's a good question and i've answered i've asked that question and the answer that I, that i've gotten back is you know i don't know um you know we'll see i think what will stay the same is home is home and away is away i okay. believe that will stay okay but i don't know if things get pushed back or things are moved forward in terms of the rotation of the schedule and so i haven't had i don't know if anyone really knows at this sure point. no you know, no I, I think i think part of it is is um and it's interesting to be at um at in this seat is how much of it and this is just from these are just um whether it's 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 administration whether it's big 12 conference whether it's coaches how much of it is hey all right, we we got to this we got to this this place. We opened the door. You know what? There's another door. <laughs> we got to get to this door <laughs> right. and open that door. Wow! And so there's not. It's not as if someone's going through and opening three doors ahead. Yeah. We can kind of see that far. It's kind of one door at a time. Yeah. I know if everyone's listening, they're immediately logging on, looking at the schedule, thinking, "Okay, well, how many home games? How many away?" We've already done the research for everyone. It is five home and five away, um, so plenty of time to uh, handle that. But there, you talked about you know the doors and not being able to see too far ahead. There's a quote from Commissioner Bob Bowlesby in this latest announcement with the 9 plus 1 model that says, we undoubtedly will need to be flexible as we progress through season in order to combat the challenges that lie ahead. There is no scouting report for COVID versus college football. How do you attack progressing forward keeping the team with that mentality moving forward while also at the same time saying okay this is what we're doing but you got to stay flexible with me and you got to you know if we have to change things on a dime you got to work with me on that how that is a balancing act that I'm not sure anyone knows how to handle so how are you kind of 
attacking that, so to say. Yeah, I think the game that we're in right now is offense, defense, special teams, and contact tracing. And so I think, you know, those are what are going to going to win or lose games. Uh, those those um, those topics. And so I feel like, as far as the contact tracing goes, the you know, um, so much credit to our health and wellness team here with Kenny and Matt Keel, um, under Mac Road's direction that they, they have, um, you know, we're getting tested today. And so I think, you know, this is, I think my third or fourth test. Um, and then our players are getting tested with surveillance testing. Last time we got tested was, was a real positive outcome and anticipating another one. But, you know, the, the positive more, being negative, correct. <laughs> just <laughs> label that. Yeah. Correct. And so just the more we're tested, right. And the more that our guys are under the, um, you know, this is now week seven of them being back and it's just the standards and the expectations that are given upon them in terms of how you operate here in terms of wearing a mask and, um, you're washing your hands and, when you go home, you're staying at your at your spot, which is the hardest play, hardest thing to ask, is to um, not go to someone's house when there's a bunch of folks over at the, over there at that house, not go to that restaurant when there's a bunch of people at the restaurant, um, is really more or less being isolated, and so as we talk about that in terms of sacrifices that we all have to make, um, and I appreciate the sacrifice that they're making and they're doing that to play. And they're doing that in this day and age to um, uh, to wear the jersey and to um, to get in McLean Stadium and do what they do. And so the so recognizing that and you know getting more people to our games that are healthy and that can play. And you're talking about there may be you know we had we've been on some Big Twelve calls where head coaches in our league have talked about hey if we generally play with with receivers and our receivers go down, we may need to now play with running backs. The running back position now has to take the receiver position. And if we on defense play with a nickel and the nickel's down, we now have to play with a linebacker in that position. So there's no, you know, there's, there's positionless offense and defense based upon who's available. Right. And so, you know, we're talking about getting tested twice a week, um, possibly here coming up so that, so there, you could know and plan for it early in the week. You could find out, you know, the day before the game hmm. and have to make that adjustment, you know, at the at the hotel or wherever you're at prior to that prior to that game that you're playing. And so the the flexibility part of that, of planning and so there's not there's not like hey, if we're in one tight end or we're in one tight end with one back and three receivers and we've got this select routes and these select plays for that grouping and then we're in two tight ends and one back with two receivers, and we've got this couple route runs and these couple routes for that grouping. You can't really think like that because you may not have them. And so it's really got to be, you know, regardless of who's in that position, that position, we're running these plays. It could be a tight end, could be a running back, could be a receiver. And so I think we've adopted that, that thought and on offense and defense and, I think the league more or less is doing that as well, and I feel that's the the, the stage we're at. Will that uh, testing twice a week? Will that continue through the season? And will it be like a maybe a Sunday, Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, something like that over yeah, the course of the year? That's what we're hearing right okay. now. Okay, we're hearing some right after the game. Okay, and then we're hearing something to get you ready for the next game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Wow, interesting. And the the contact tracing, you, you put so much emphasis on that, putting it on level with offense, defense, special teams. And it sounds like your guys have been very mature, and they've gotten the message that you've got to do this if you want to play football. Yeah, you know, I've, I've a lot of credit to coaches. Uh, Matt Keel has done an unbelievable job. There's times where I talk to Matt, and you can feel, along with Kenny Boyd, you can feel just the um, the weight of the world. Right, just in their voice, you can feel it, and so I know that they've um, they fought the good fight, and uh, a lot of respect for how they've handled it too. Because I think there's, you know, you wish that um, things would always be be good, and there's been some bad, and and they've been able to um, to handle it um, in a real respectful and good way. And so I think our guys have done overall an admirable job, and I'm proud of them. You know, and and I think. Just moving forward, the more we get into football and the more we're busy and the more at the end of the day they're tired, I think the better it'll be as well. <laughs> All right. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood realty.com we're here with head football coach dave aranda we just talked a lot about how flexible everyone's going to have to be um, players coaches fans everybody's going to have to be flexible as we continue to progress with this season um, something that's still up in the air is obviously if anyone's logging on looking at the schedule um, talked a little bit about where that kansas game currently sits because ole miss swapped out with the sec going conference only um, Big 12, hopefully, you know, saying that non-conference starts first. But when you look at the schedule, we still have two non-conference teams, Incarnate Word and Louisiana Tech. Um, I'm sure you've had plenty of time during quarantine to kind of dive in and look at both of those programs, knowing you were going to play both of them. Now it looks like you'll only be playing one of them. Um, do you mind kind of walking us through what you're expecting from both of those as they could potentially be? Baylor season opener, either one. Yeah, Incarnate Word is um, a, a wide open spread attack. I think um, you know their schemes are very, um, very challenging on defense. I think they've got um, they've got um, formations that dictate alignments and create matchups. 
I think uh, they do a good job of getting the right play versus the right look. I think if you were to show what you're in on defense, they've got to play for that. And so I don't really see it as, as a, uh, hey, this is what we do. It doesn't matter what you do. I think it matters very much what the opponent does, and that, that determines what they're going to do. And so there's some good and bad to that uh, for us. I think on um, on on defense, they're multiple. They've got some pressures. Um, you know, we, we were impressed with them when we watched them during the, uh, like you mentioned, during the quarantine, we had a time to break down a couple games and um, get a, a scout report on, all you know, special teams, offense, and defense. And so we have that kind of close by. I think when you look at La Tech, you know, I have a lot of respect for Coach Holtz. I think he's one of the better play callers in in college football. You know, um, he he does a great job of, of adjusting. You know, he's one of those – I think he, he's got a good plan, but he's a really, really good counterpuncher. And once he knows kind of how you're playing him, you know, that second half is, is – uh, can be um, can be complicated, you know. And they've always got good good people. I think up front, they've always had guys that can. Even back when I was at the University of Hawaii playing La Tech, they've always had good front people. And then skill wise, they've got um, they've got guys that that uh, can make plays in space. You know, they're making some changes there at at some some real specific positions that you know I, I'm sure they wish they had spring ball like most people. Um, but I think. When I think of playing La Tech, I think of playing on defense against the play calling of, of Coach Holtz. It's the first thing that comes to mind. And so, you know, I think um, um, the second would be just the athleticism of their uh, of their front. And so I think both of those present challenges. But, um, you know, by the, when we get to that point uh, there, hopefully on the 12th, um, I'm, I'm going to feel really good about our team. You know, we're going to – there's so much good that has come on whether it's been in the quarantine Zoom meetings, whether it's been through um, working through um, the team gathering around and talking about the uh, the George Floyd killing, talking about um, just the COVID-19 fears and how it's affecting their families and, um, you know, their thoughts on it um, to uh, coming back and talking about what it feels like to come back and to be around their team and how much this means to them. And so just to be in all that and have those connections, I feel both player to player, player to coach, and then coaches to coaches, you know, they're really the last piece we've got to be able to get to um, after hitting how we take the field and how we practice is that hitting part, which is kind of the core of football. But we'll hit it, and I feel like, you know, we're going to have a really good team. So either one of those games, we'll find out here in the next couple of days. Yeah. I was about to say, as we speak right now, there's contracts with both teams, but obviously nine plus one is not nine plus two. <laughs> so going to be sorting that out, and it's just highly likely that it will be one of the two Correct. on our schedule. And you, so you've been doing all these things that you've talked about. You've also uh, made huge inroads. It seems like recruiting wise. I mean, even during a global pandemic, you guys are you and your staff are, are making uh, real progress recruiting. You can't talk about specifics, but what would you attribute that to your success there? I'd look at our coaches right away. Um, Joey McGuire has been a great. You know, you if we're FaceTiming someone and. 
you know, I'm going to talk kind of at this tone and, and we're, we're kind of out there. And then you just hear just loud commotion <laughs> right. and right around the corner is coach McGuire. And so I'd love that he brings that, that energy. And, um, you know, Sean Bell would be another one. And I think Sean, just the way he treats people and the way that he, um, um, I think he, he, um, greets the local high school coaches, and the way that he opens up his family, I think we, when you talk to some of the players that he's recruiting, they know his kids, they know about his wife. And so I think he, he opens up um, everyone um, in, in, his, in his circle to recruiting. And I think it's just, um, I mean, that's Sean, you know. And then, you know, uh, David Wetzel has also been a great resource for, uh, for me in just – you know, if we're trying to vet, like say, if we if we see someone that had great numbers at a camp, or we saw someone that hey, we heard about so and so's game, you know, last fall, Coach Wessel knows the coach to talk to to go, hey, this they played them week one. Let's see what they said. You know, because a lot of it is when we're when we're recruiting, we want to see, you know, how committed they are, right? Um, and so a lot of it becomes a hey, let's watch the overtime games. Let's watch the third downs. Let's watch the two minute. Let's watch the critical situations. Is the if it's a if it's an O lineman, are they running behind him? Right? If it's a running back, is the ball in his hands? Is it if it's a quarterback, is the quarterback has the keys to this? Is he running the show? You know, and if not, then why? You know, we want someone that wants that spotlight. Mm-hmm. I we want that guy. And so I think, you know, um, Coach Wessel's been great in helping identify that. And so I think, like, you know, those those uh, those coaches have been beneficial. But then I, I look at everyone. You know, like, Juice has been great. Juice has been um, really performing well, recruiting, making connections with people. Dennis Johnson has done the same. Uh, we've got a couple guys from uh, from – um, from kind of his area, guys he knows. And so I think just the ability for us to make – anytime things are slowed down and and no one's in a rush to go here or there and they're really happy to talk to a coach from Baylor or a coach in general and they're open and, then, hey, um, they want to hear about what you got to say and, and what you're about, you know, advantage Baylor just with the guys that we've got on it. And so – you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the class. We got a few more to go, so we'll see. How do you carry that over into the fall? As obviously the kind of focus goes more toward the current team and handling everything as is. I think a lot of, I, I think for some of these players that have committed to us or are looking at us, you know, there is a, um, there is last year's Baylor and the success that Baylor had. And then there is kind of a, a belief in what Baylor can be in terms of, um, hey, this is what I think coaches like. Hey, this is what I think their environment and culture is like. And so um, I, I feel I feel like that that's a truthful statement. And so I think there's, there's kind of a, uh, I think it's like this, this is what I believe. Right, I get that vibe, you know, when I'm talking to him on the phone. Obviously, that's not the same as being on campus mm-hmm. and spending a day or two. Uh, and so, for me, it's just it's living authentically and it's being real. Um, when we see him um, on campus, eventually, when we play games and we've got adverse situations, we're going to handle it the right way. And um, 
I think those are the things that they want to be connected to and they want to represent. And so I think it's just really that. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Continuing our conversation with Baylor head football coach Dave Aranda. This is our Sikkim Podcast for this week. Uh, Check it out anywhere you download your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get those. Thanks to Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, our presenting sponsor for our Sikkim Podcast. Dave, uh, your family's all here. That's got to be nice for you and everybody here and, and settled or getting settled in your new home in Waco. Yeah, it's nice. We have a we have a sofa now, so we're able to sit That's down. always good. It's a big yeah. <laughs> We're trying to get to watch the Rangers. I was telling uh, Joey this is that I'm, I've been watching Rangers games. I'm trying to get to know some of the players. Was it Gallo? I've watched him a couple mm-hmm. times. I like um, always try to to um, to to see when he comes up to bat and. I love watching baseball, so it's fun. I grew up a Dodger fan, so I'm still a Dodger fan. Right. But I've been trying to, to catch as many Rangers games as I can. So, it, you know, the replays are on late at night sometimes. So that's been nice. But I think, you know, the, the kids have their own rooms and they're putting together their rooms. And my wife is um, – she's at, she's at a spot where I think um, she's kind of finalizing where they're going to go to school. And so the more normal it gets, the more normal it feels. So that part's good. I was going to say the last time we spoke with you was Baylor football live, a fun, fun night for sure. But you talked about, you know, sleeping on an air mattress in the Uh one room in the house that wasn't being painted. So we are thrilled that you have furniture and that your family is here with you uh, because they were saying their final goodbyes. But how is it, you know, obviously everyone's wearing masks and think this isn't normal Waco as it would have been a year ago. But, you know, what's your family's impression on what it's like so far and and now that they're here calling Waco home? No, they love it. I mean, we've had um, multiple... Uh, visitors, just uh, neighbors in our neighborhood there, come by, introduce themselves. And, you know, my son, Ronan, there's a bunch of uh, boys in the neighborhood that are his age. And so when I come home at night or in the evenings, there's some new some new boy that's back there um, in the backyard playing and stuff. <laughs> so that's just really cool. I think the first week or so, there wasn't that. So there was kind of an excitement of being here. And then there was just a bunch of... Uh, you know, looking at phones and stuff like that. And so I'm glad that we're at a stage now where they're hanging out with, um, uh, with neighbors and friends and 
they can put those phones away. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad they're here, and Dion is here, and uh, you'll find uh, you'll find very Waco very welcoming, and Central Texas very welcoming. And uh, if you need anything, just to ask. Yes. And I think you'll have a lot of people step up. Uh, what about coming to the Big Twelve? You were you were in the Big Ten as a coordinator. The most recently, the SEC as a coordinator. Now into the Big Twelve. I know you know some of the other head coaches, obviously other position coaches in the Big Twelve. But overall, what are your thoughts about joining this league? Excited for it. You know, I think first of all, just representing Texas and the Texas high school coaches. I think when I think of Big Twelve, I think of that. I think of the high school coaches in Texas. I think of Texas high school players. And, you know, um, I think the spread, right, I think a lot of those ideas originated in Texas high school football. And so you look throughout our league, and there's a lot of trendsetters. There's a lot of things that we were doing last year that stemmed from things that were happening two or three years ago in this league, you know, at LSU, um, things that we were taking from, uh, from this league two, three years ago. And so I feel like the opportunity to be in this, in this environment where you've got to be really creative with your, with your skills, um, and drills, but then you have the opportunity to really develop people. And so I think like to have that full recruiting experience of, Hey, there's, we want the Christian environment. We want a great education. Right, we want you to get your master's degree while you're here. We want you to play high-level football with a chance to win it all. That to me is this league, and specifically Baylor. And so, uh, very excited about it. But yeah, we were talking um, with Tom Herman, Matt, um, uh, Matt Wells, and you know um, Les Miles, and then even um, you know there's a, there's a few others on there too of just coaches that I've worked throughout. It was Coach Patter, Gary Patterson, um, just guys that um, that I know really well, and so it's 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 unique to be at a, at a spot to where a lot there's coaches head coaches in this league that I would consider friends and guys that I know really well, and so it's what a challenge that is. More incentive to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You mentioned uh, the Texas high school football players right now it, handling all of this as flexible as we're all having to be. We keep going back to that word. Um, it's a, it's a doozy for college age football players, high school football players doing the same thing, whether, you know, they're going to get to start on time or they're going to have to switch up here and just staying flexible as a college coach, watching all of this unfold in the recruiting world. What would you say to those high school football players right now? What should be their main focus and how should they be handling this to get the attention of a college football coach like yourself? Yeah, I think they got to protect the team, you know, so they've got to do um, what the coaches are saying or laying out as guidelines when they're on the field. But then as, according to the coaches and, and parents, what the guidelines are off the field, they've really got to be able to do that. I think you're talking about personal accountability is, is all time high. And so for them to get on the field and to to have a season, for them to get in the classroom and get the education that they want to have and then have the opportunity to move on and feel like, well, hey, I'm prepared and ready to move on, you've got to do everything right. Everything counts. And so I don't know if there's been a time where, you know, we always talk about, hey, what you do in the dark eventually will come to the light. I don't know if there's ever a time that's that's more true than now. And so I think – 
um, you know, the, the, the fellows that I talk to, um, very, very proud. You hear the message they get from their coaches and, you know, they're spitting back those words right to you. And so it just makes you proud to be in the state and be associated with it because, you know, they're, they're, they're hearing the right things and saying the right things. That, uh, it's a great saying there. Uh, is there something like that that you kind of hang your hat on? Is there one thing that maybe you've learned, picked up through the years that you like to repeat along those lines? And, and if so, where did it come from? Yeah, well, I think like the, the main thing for, for us that we talk about quite a bit is, you know, the most important thing is who you become as a part of the chase or as a result of the chase. And so we talk about that with our players and with our coaches. And so I think the opportunity to identify character as the main component. And so whether that was hiring coaches, whether we're doing that in recruiting, we're, we're, we're bringing players to um, our student athletes to Baylor, right? We're looking for character first. And we're going to say that character is going to drive winning at Baylor. And so we look at character skills, right? And then we want that reinforced with our day-to-day expectations and standards. We would call that a process. And then we're going to say that we're going to get results out of that. And so I think like the, you know, all of these things. So I look back, like if we were to, to pause this and fast forward to the end of my career, right? I wouldn't know without even looking at it, that, that it's going to be successful. Right. And I'm more than important, more important than that though, is that I did it the right way that we treated people, right. That we invested in people that, um, that we, we learned our learners and appreciated people valued, you know, see and hear and value people for who they are. I think that's the most important thing. And I, and I feel like, as coaches in football, it's a vehicle for that. And so um, that's probably the one thing I talk about the most. There is one phrase you've said a couple of times that I do want to dive into, learned our learners. Yeah. Um, where did that phrase come from? And, you know, what exactly, for everyone listening, what exactly do you mean when you say that? I think, so learn your learner to me is um, emptying any preconceived this or that on someone and accepting them for who they are and trying to get to where their heart is. And so, um, seeing kind of what their, what their values are. And, you know, I think one of the things about becoming a coach is that the more you do it, the more it becomes important to understand, you know, who you are, what you stand for and kind of your, my values are this, like no one really walks around individually with, you know, trust, empathy, compassion on a shirt where you can see it. I think there's some people that live that way. Um, a few of them are all, the majority of them are all kind of trying to figure it out. And so I think, um, there's times there's, there's different, there's different reasons for things just not being clear. And so whether it's preconceived notions or coaches, it's all about me. Hey, just shut up and do this or, you know, there's various other things, but I think for, for, for us to quiet the noise and to, to really take in the student athlete and know where they're at and, and then see the good in them, right? See those values. If they haven't done the work already, identify those values for them. Hey man, this is what makes you special. This is what you do really well. 
right? This, you, you give us this that no one else gives us, right? And then build that skill, right? And have a, have a, a discipline of a, of a daily attack to emphasize that. I think that, that gets it to where, um, you know, that person can be the best version of them, but it takes some quiet to do that. Sometimes things get too loud. We've had a lot of, a lot of quiet lately. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for taking the time to share that. Um, we kind of wrap these up very typically, um, by asking what you're looking forward to most when Baylor athletics return. Fortunately, you guys are already kind of in that role, taking the steps forward. But what are so I'm going to kind of adjust it and ask you, what are you looking forward to most when you finally get to step on the field and have a real practice and then hopefully a real game? I think the flow of the team. I think just being around a team. I think um, seeing people make sacrifices for each other. That comes in different ways. That could be with a rep. That could be with uh, a coaching point on the sideline. That could be with maybe um, spending time in the meeting the night prior to prep for whatever's happening. That could be kind of clapping on the sideline, anticipating this is a big moment and let's go get it. Uh, That could be a coach that maybe um, is working on his language that got it right, you know. And so just in in his feels that that's important and putting the time in. And so I think any of just that, when you're kind of, when the flow, there's a momentum, man, you feel like we're going, this is, it's happening. This is us that. Wow. That's terrific. Well, glad we're close to the start of practice and hope things continue on the same path that they're currently on. Uh, Give our best to Dion and Jalen and Jordan and Ronan. Glad you are here in Waco and we appreciate your time. You got a lot going on, but thanks for spending some time with us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. Appreciate coach Dave Aranda being with us on this week's Sikkim podcast. We'll have another one next week. Join us then for our next Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.